What is going on, beautiful people? Welcome to the Thrive Forever Fit Show. I'm your host, Jay Nixon. And before we begin today's episode, I want you to know how grateful I am for you. I truly appreciate you spending your time watching and or listening to me rant and rave about things that I find interesting, everything from nutrition to mindset, human transformation and optimization, all things that I believe have made my life abundantly better. And I want that for you. I want you to live your very best life. And so hopefully something that I say will translate into something that you can use in your life to live in maximum abundance and awesomeness. That is truly my goal. And I want to say thank you for listening. I really appreciate you. Today's show is sponsored by Elite Greens. It is what I believe, and not just because I created it, to be the best greens product on the planet, not just from a taste perspective, because it's unbelievably delicious. It does not taste like dirt. I believe it's one of the only greens products that doesn't taste like crap. I'll be honest. I have drank, because I've been in the nutrition industry for 25 plus years. I have tried these products back in the day when they used to taste like absolute dirt from the ground. This is 100% delicious, 100% nutritious. One serving is 12 fruits and vegetables in a simple, easy to drink glass. It's that easy to get your micro, macro, and phytonutrients without having to eat boatloads of kale, bags of broccoli and cauliflower, and all the things that, listen, I like those things, but I am very aware that I am not going to consume enough of those consistently on a daily basis to give me the nutrients that I need to sustain my maximum health. And if you're anything like me, I'm a carnivore. I love protein, protein, protein. I just simply know that I need a supplement like this for nutritional insurance, and you might as well. And if you're one, if you're like me at all, grab yourself an Elite Greens today. I promise you, you will love it. And if you don't, reach out to me. I'll give you your money back, 100% money back guarantee on all my supplements. That's how much I believe in them and stand behind them. I actually got a really cool note from a new client. She said that this is the only greens product that she can get her daughter to consume with her, which is makes me abundantly happy because I know kids. I've seen kids' diets. I've seen the food they're eating at, the, at schools. I've seen the lunches they get packed. And I know that they're not getting enough nutrients to grow and develop and do all of those things. And so it makes me super happy that there's a product out there that moms and dads can give their kids Give the whole family so that everybody's getting everything they need on a micro, macro, and phytonutrient level. So if you haven't tried Elite Greens, try it today. All you have to do is go to thriveforeverfit.com, go to the shop page, and you will see the link for all of my supplements. Highly recommend this. I know that you're going to love it. Thanks for listening. Let's get into the show. Breaking the chains, right? Before we jump into this week's episode, this is probably going to either irritate you, excite you, or maybe a combination of both. But I think it's necessary that we dive into a topic like this because what I'm witnessing, what I'm seeing in the world all around me is people shackled, people chained to places that they don't necessarily even want to be chained to. And there's a lot of personal reasons that go along with that. There's some professional reasons that go along with that. And there's some societal reasons that go along with that. And so my purpose of today's episode is to help you break the chains that are holding you back in life. They're the ones that are preventing you from actually becoming 
who you want to be and who I believe that you were probably born to be. And the reason being is because you're so attached mentally, emotionally, psychologically to who you are or who you've always been that you can't move forward because it would be a complete shift and change in identity. You would have to completely shift who you are today to become the person that you really, really want to be. And the idea behind that is so disruptive. It's so uncertain that you're not sure if it's worth it. I'm here to tell you today that it is worth it. I'm here to, here to tell you today that you are worth it. I can't sit by and watch people continue to stay where they are because I know most people don't even want to be where they are. Most people are so, I can't even think of the correct word for it. Discombobulated is what comes to mind. So discombobulated inside of their internal sphere because of a lot of external circumstances that they are terrified to break through that. And here's what I know for a certainty. 11% of the people listening to this want to and will do everything they can to move to a different place in space. 89% of you won't. 89% of you will stay where you are, even if you don't want to be there, even if you don't like where you are, even if you are so dissatisfied with where you are, you won't do the necessary things because that change in your identity is so disruptive to you that you'd rather stay right there. You'd rather stay stuck. I'm going to give you five strategies before we end this podcast, five strategies that will get you to move from where you are to where you want to be. And here's the situation. You're actually being controlled right now by several different factors. One of those is by that identity that I keep talking about. One of the number one human desires is to be congruent with that which we believe we are, meaning you will do everything in your power to stay congruent with who you believe you are in the moment. Now, I know that's hard for some of you guys to understand, but it goes back to the upper limiting factor that I've talked about for, for years that Gay Hendricks wrote an entire book on it, that thermostat that we all have, that whatever you believe you are, if you get outside of those parameters, you get outside of that temperature, you will disrupt your own life to get back to that place. You'll do it with relationships. You'll do it with success. You'll do it with money. You'll do it with health and fitness. You'll do it with every aspect of your life. And it's because many of you are so attached to your old story because that's what your identity is built upon. Your identity is built upon an old antiquated story. Could be of tragedy, could be of triumph. Some of you guys are still living back in junior high and high school sports, right? That's not you anymore. Most of you guys are 40, 50 years old. That's not you. Like you're an adult now. It's time to make some new experiences. It's time to create new trophies in your life. It's time to create new stories of monumental success that don't involve your junior high football team, right? And that wouldn't, isn't, that, isn't that where we all are? That's the evolution of life and what you should be. Some of you are held back professionally. Some of you guys are living in careers and jobs that you absolutely hate because somebody else thinks you should be there. Somebody else thinks you should be whatever it is you are. You grew up and mommy and daddy said, you should be a doctor or you should be an attorney or you should be a blank. I know so many people, high level professional people that cannot stand what they do professionally, but they're terrified to do something else. 
because they would have to become a new version of themselves to move out of that. I lived it, guys. Trust me. I was I I created this story that in order to be successful, I came from this tiny small town. I can't. I came up with this story that in order to be successful, I had to wear a suit. I had to have a company car. I had to have a title. I had to have a business card. I had to to make six figures and from make work for somebody else and do all these things and be a good boy and all that shit. And it was all BS and I did it and I hated it. I couldn't stand it. I'll never forget the day that I left the pharmaceutical world. I remember standing in a hospital thinking, what in the, what am I doing? I am peddling drugs that I would never in a million years take myself. I'm peddling pharmaceuticals that I would never in a million years suggest my mother to take. What am I doing? What do you, what do you really want to do, man? Like this, is, this can't be your life. This can't be what you're going to do forever. And that was an epiphanal day for me. And no, I didn't stop working in the business that day, but that was an epiphany that I had that translated into me creating this new version of my life where I work in the health and fitness industry, something that's very important and passionate. I'm, I'm very important. It's very important to me and I'm very passionate about it. And I thought that the pharmaceutical world was the piece, the resistance, right? Cause growing up, it's like, you get a company car, you get to, I mean, you, I mean, you're, it's a great job, six figures, expense account, blah, 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 blah. It was all, I mean, listen, it wasn't a bad job, but it wasn't for me. It wasn't, it wasn't my, it wasn't who I was supposed to be. I'm living the life now that I was designed to live, the life I was supposed to live. I was the kid that when mom would drive 45 minutes to Abilene, Texas, to go shopping at the mall of Abilene, I would sit in General Nutrition Center and read magazines on bodybuilding and sports supplementation. And I would pick up labels and read vitamin labels. And that was just a, it, it fascinated me from the time I was old enough to even know what lifting weights was or what nutrition was or supplementation was. I remember I used to spend all my money on like protein and weight gainers and things that creatine and things to make you strong. Like I was fascinated with it. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what my life was meant to be. But I had to break away from that old identity that I convinced myself was what I was supposed to have. And then there's another facet. Some of you guys are being held down by societal pressure. You're being held down. You're being told to stand in line and shut your mouth. And that's hard for some of you guys to hear, but it's, it's true. And but we've been trained for that. And I want you to understand you've been trained for all of this. If you think back to our, to our youth, and listen, I loved going to school. I was actually one of those kids that never wanted to miss a day. Like I didn't, if I was sick, I didn't tell my mom because I wanted to go to school. I wanted to get the perfect attendance um, certificate at the end of every year. I didn't want to miss class. I wanted to get all A's. I loved it. I loved education. I still do today. I love to read. I love to expand my mind. I love knowledge. But it's the utilitarian aspect of the academic system that is, that is broken. And I mean, it's broken by this standard. You're, you're in a very young transformational age. And I don't know how, I don't have the answers. So I know I have a lot of teachers that listen to me and a lot of people in education. I'm not bashing the system by any means. So please understand that. But I want you to understand that from a programming perspective, and I don't know how else you would do it. As a kid, you go to school, the bell rings, right? You better be in your seat. The bell rings, you better be here. Stand in a straight line, raise your hand. Do like we're, you're 
you're created from a very young age to stand in line, raise your hand, shut your mouth, only speak when spoken to. The bell rings, you go here. The bell rings, you go there. You get what I'm saying? So it's, you've been programmed to do this. And as an adult, right, you better be in your cubicle at eight o'clock. You can clock out at this time. You can go to lunch at this time. And these are systems, guys, that I think we probably have to have. I'm not saying that we don't. But I'm saying for a, for a few of you, it's not working. It's not, it's not fulfilling you. Like I knew, I knew I was unemployable for a long time, but I didn't know there was any other options. I was always willing to do things that other people that I worked with weren't willing to do. I always wanted to work more. I was the first one in, last one out. And I finally decided if I'm going to be first one in, last one out, why don't I be first one in, last one out of my own business? Why not help more people than my boss tells me I can help? Why not do everybody's job anyway and get paid for it, get compensated for it? So that's a part of the societal pressure that, that we're all under now. And now, I mean, if you look at it from a, and I'm not going to get into the landscape of what's going on with, with everything in the world that we live in today, because there's, you know, there's camps of this, like it's it just, it's a, it is a disaster. And that in, in itself is holding you back because the external forces around you are very domineering and dominant to some of you. And they've, they've terrified you into a place where you just want to put your head down and not make any noise. You just want to stand in line. You don't even really want to raise your hand. Like you want to just be quiet because you've kind of been beaten in this submission. But what I want you to do is I want you to listen to this podcast and understand that there's a way out for you. And I'm not saying this has to be a radical shift. I'm a kind of a radical guy. I'm one of those people that once I make a decision, it's done. And I will, I will work with reckless abandon to make that new thing happen. You don't have to be like that. But what you have to be, you have to fall in love with the end result. You have to be so in love with the life that you desire and deserve to live that you will do anything and everything possible to get to that place. And you have to be willing to break away from the identity that you currently have. You have to be willing to, to transform. And it doesn't mean that old person is wrong. Like, I think that's another thing that we have to get over. Just because you want to be somebody different, you're not, and I would say somebody different, just because you want to be a new version of yourself doesn't mean the old version of yourself was necessarily bad. It doesn't mean the new, the old version of yourself has to be punished or the old version of yourself has to be a problem. It's just that you want more. You want to be the part of that 11% that just wants more out of life. Because here's, the, here's what I want you to understand. The better you are, the better you can be for other people. One of, the, one of the many reasons that I want to be better is because I know the better I get, the better I can be. And what I mean by that is the better I can help people, the better I can be for people. Like the more, the better my financial resources, the more financially resourceful I can become for other people. Does that make sense? The better my health and fitness, the better I can help other people from a physicality standpoint, from a mental standpoint from all of those things, the better I show up in society, the better I can make my micro environment. I can make it positive and powerful and impactful. Like, so the better I am, the better I get to be for the world. And so there's no shame in wanting to evolve. There's no sh shame in wanting personal 
evolution to become the human that you were born to be. Like nobody was born to just be simply average. And I know some people that pisses some people off when I say that because they think, what's wrong with average? I think that those, I think those definitions are, are definable by you and by me. For me, an average Jay Nixon is just not, it's just not enough. I'm not, I'm not cool with that because that means I'm not showing up in the world at my maximum capacity of excellence. If your definition of average is okay and you're fine with that, then that's fine with me. But what I want to do is give you permission, which you don't need it from me, to be the best person that you can be, to be the best version of yourself that you can be. And this is holding a lot of people back. Let's just, let's take weight loss for an example. Many people are so stuck in their old story that they stay stuck with their weight. Weight loss is 100%. That's, that's an exaggeration. You can't say wild shit like that, Jay, but that is me. Weight loss is 97.49% psychological. At least 90% psychological and 10% mechanical. Everybody that I've ever worked with that has been overweight has been stuck where they are psychologically. And that has impaired them from moving to the place that they desire to be mechanically, meaning the, the body or the weight or the size or the shape or the whatever it is. That psychological chasm that they live in, the situations, the trauma, the the, the lack of self-belief, all those things are attributing to them staying stuck in that place. Everybody that I've ever met that has a problem with money has blocks and negative connotations around what money really is. They think money is evil. They think money is scarce. They think money is this problematic thing. They think people with money are assholes. They think they've created this illusion around money that has created a delusion for them and they would and they will stay stuck not having it. I heard something the other day said, you're gonna go through life either way, with or without money. And I can tell you going through it with money will be more enjoyable for you. Because like I said, it gives you the opportunity to do more. It gives you the opportunity to do more for other people. But they're all blocks. They're all psychological blocks. Let's go back to that, that professional block if you're in a job that you don't love. I'm thinking of somebody right now. I'm thinking of a very successful physician that I know. Uber smart, highly educated, on paper, looks like he is in the perfect position, saving lives on a daily basis. He's miserable. And he's so talented. And he's so smart. And he's so intelligent, but he doesn't believe in himself enough to do his own thing. And I can tell you, he's got the skills, he's got the knowledge, he's got the resources, he's got the money, he's got everything necessary except for one vital piece, the most important piece. He doesn't believe he can. And so he would rather stay stuck and miserable. And he's probably going to have to work for another 20 or 30 years. That's just the world we live in. But even though he has every resource, he's choosing to stay stuck and miserable because he lacks self-belief. That's a psychological deficiency, right? So it's that psychological deficiency that keeps you chained to the life that you don't want to live. 
And you'll convince yourself, right? We have this thing called confirmation bias. You'll convince yourself that, no, no, I love this. This is my love my life. I love my life. Listen, I love my life. Exponentially. I, I can't think of anything in my life that I don't love. But I want more. I want more out of life. I want to live to, to maximum capacity. I want, to, I, want to, I want to redline this thing. I want to do everything possible to be everything that I can possibly be, to do everything I can possibly do, to have everything I can possibly have. But I believe in myself. I haven't always done. That's what I want you to understand. I haven't always. I haven't always believed in myself. If you've read one of my two books, both of them, you'll understand where I've came from. But I know now, coming from there to where I live today, that anything and everything is possible. And listen, the chains never go away. The chains are psychological as well, right? There's, no, there's not really any chains. Turn around, there's no chains behind you. You're not tethered to anything. It's like that elephant meme we've all seen where the giant elephant has this tiny little rope and this little bitty stake in the ground and he stays right where he's supposed to be. Why does he do that? Because he's conditioned from a very, very young age to know that that, that rope and that little stake is where he's supposed to be. Not because that's where he wants to be, but that's where his owner, his handlers have told him he will be. And the same thing happens to us. We get stuck with that tiny little stake and that tiny little rope, and it becomes the anchor of our life. And it's really self-belief. The most successful people I know are not even necessarily the most talented people I know, but they do have one thing. They do have the highest level of self-belief. They do have the highest level of thinking that they can do anything, they can be anything, they can have anything, as long as they're willing to put in the work. I know people that are like the guy I just told you about, the physician, unbelievably talented, smart, genius level, financially well off, zero self-belief. You want to know which one's living a better life? And I'm, and I'm speaking from personal experience because I, I speak to these people. I'm not judging from an outside perspective. These are, these are their words. He's miserable by his own admission. Would you like to know who's living the better life? The people who believe in themselves. Living, living a much happier life. And some of these people aren't even as financially well off as the guy who doesn't believe in himself. But they're doing their life's work and their life's purpose because they have the self-belief. They're part of the 11%. So what I want you to do is understand that those chains, they're metaphorical. So they never really go away and you can get anchored at any time, right? But I'm gonna give you five strategies today, right now. Let's, you, let's just do it. I've, rant, I've ranted and raved enough. I think you understand what I'm trying to get you to understand and believe. That believe in yourself, understand that you can be, do and have anything you want. You become anybody that you wanna become. You can become a brand new version of yourself, you can become a better version of yourself. You can, you can call it or label it whatever you want. Those are inconsequential, right? Nothing in this life has meaning until we, the individual, gives it value and or meaning. And so you can give it what value and or meaning you choose to give it. Because if you think about it, you're giving your life value and meaning as we speak. But some of you don't even like where you're at, right? You don't even like the value or meaning that you've assessed to yourself. So there's five things that you got to do. If I was you, I'd write these down. Number one is you've got to get motivation. Here's what I want you to understand. Motivation is a muscle. Motivation has to be 
curated, it has to be created, it has to be practiced. It's a daily activity. Motivation isn't something you get and keep forever. Motivation is something that you must practice on a daily basis. And it can come from a laundry list of sources. It can come from listening to other people say inspirational things. It can come from reading books. It can come from being motivational yourself. I gain motivation through motivating others. We can't be, we can't transfer that onto someone else with that which we do not believe ourselves. I believe in being motivated and therefore I'm able to motivate others. Make sense? It's something you have to consume. It's something you have to create. It's something you have to like cultivate. Watch YouTube videos, read books. Maybe it's music. It's something that gets that energy flowing. All motivation is, is that little bit of like, it's the fire that burns inside of you. And you got to get that fire to a bonfire level on a daily basis. And that's why I say it's practice and work because it doesn't happen naturally. Some days you're going to wake up and that fire is going to almost be out. And the difference in you versus someone else, the difference in you, the version of you that will stay where you are versus the version of you that will go and grow is what do you do when the fire is almost out? Do you let it burn out and you go through that day miserably? Or do you start pumping it with wood? You start bringing oxygen to it. You start getting as much of the vital nutrients that the fire needs to go and grow. You're going to have to do that daily. Number two is momentum. Momentum is the magic multiplier. Momentum will propel you in the face of adversity. But again, momentum is something that you must, you must create. You must, you must make sure that you're consistently magnifying it. And what I mean by that is one of my mentors gave a great analogy once. And he said, most people coast on the downhill. So what he meant by that is if you're riding a bicycle and you got to ride uphill, you pedal like hell to get to the top and then you coast to the bottom. And then guess what? There's another hill. You got to pedal like hell again. And it's in that, it's in that U shape at the bottom where we lose momentum. So don't stop pedaling. Pedal on the way down. Work with the forces of momentum to create more momentum and it will, it will propel you up that next hill. That's how you get and keep motivation and momentum, right? Both of those things are almost, they go hand in hand. The more motivated you are, the more momentum you'll have the ability to create. Number three is mindset, right? This, the psychology. You have two options every day. You can be a victim or you can be a victor. You can, be, you can choose to lose or you can choose to win. And that's a mindset level thing. And these, all of these things that I'm going to give you, all these five work in unison. Not one is more important than the next. Motivation isn't more important than momentum. Momentum isn't more important than mindset. Mindset's not important than motivation. Mindset is crucial, though. You need to develop a powerful, positive mindset. And the best ways to do that, the best ways to cultivate that are to make sure that your thoughts, your words, and your actions are that of somebody who is ready and prepared to win. You don't use victim level language. You stop using language that is holding you back. Like I can't, this is hard, that blah, blah, this, I never win, blah, blah, blah. You know what that sounds like. And you know it doesn't work. Those are the easiest ways. And then the cultivation of your mindset just explodes and expands as you become 
the master of your own mindset. So motivation, momentum, mindset. Number four is movement, right? Changing your physiology, moving your body. I'm not talking becoming, I'm not, I'm not saying you need to become the CrossFit Games champion. I'm saying that movement of any kind, riding your Peloton, walking around the block, going to your local gym, working with your personal trainer, watching a video online, just simply moving your body will be monumental in you becoming the better version of yourself. Because what it does is that movement, that change in physiology facilitates a change in psychology, which allows your brain to expand and open. Lori and I go for a walk almost every single day, sometimes twice a day. And during those walks, you wouldn't believe we were on one yesterday and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm getting so many ideas that I've been stuck on for the last two or three days. And it was because she was moving her body. We were just on a walk. And she had all these ideas. She got, I got to write this down when I get home. Oh my gosh, I got to write this down when I get home. I got to write this down when I get home. That movement facilitated momentum and motivation inside of her. And number five is paramount. It's the management of your emotions. Most of you, all of us are emotional beings. Every human I know is an emotional being. Every human is an emotional being. But those with mismanaged emotions usually don't have the same success as those who have learned to manage their emotion. And I'm not going to get into the uber science of this, but you've got two areas of your brain. And these two areas basically predict how you will react to a stimuli. Meaning, if something presents itself, if you are the kind of person that is reactionary, that means that you're using your amygdala, which is the center portion of your brain. I consider it to be this little guy, and if we've all seen, I used this analogy the other day, if, we've, if you've seen Spaceballs, the little guy with the giant Darth Vader helmet, um, that's the leader or whatever, he's in charge of the amygdala. And none of us want that little joker making decisions for us because those are reactionary, emotionally unmanaged behaviors like anger and resentment and jealousy and like those things that we do and then regret, that's when your amygdala gets involved. When your prefrontal cortex, the front side right here, that's like Luke Skywalker flying your, your spaceship or whatever. It's intentional. It's purposeful. It's, it's meaningful. You've thought about it. You're making better, more powerful, positive decisions. And every one of us has the option to have either one of those as the driving forces behind how we handle our emotions. Because you're going to be presented with emotions, but you're not responsible for reacting to every one of those emotions. Right, like anger is a secondary emotion. Usually you're angry because something else triggered you. And so if you'll just use a simple technique of pausing, assessing, and then asking yourself a question, what's really going on right now, right? That will help you move from the amygdala back into your prefrontal cortex, which you make really positive, powerful decisions from. So if you find yourself to be a reactionary person, meaning you don't really give much thought to your quick snaps. And that hasn't worked out for you. It's held you back. You become regretful of things. Simply just pause, assess, and ask. All right? Pause, assess, and ask. 
pause, assess the situation, ask yourself the question, what's really going on right now? What is really facilitating the feelings that I feel? And then that will be enough time for your prefrontal cortex to re-engage and help you make better, more dynamic, more intentional decisions. You see, because when we allow that amygdala, it's almost like the fight or flight mode. That's what really gets activated when we go into fight or flight mode. And we don't make great decisions when we're in that fight mode. And so what I want you to do is practice these five things. And what they'll do is they'll allow you to start moving away from those metaphorical chains that have been holding you back. Because the more momentum you have, the more you're going to want to do. The more motivation you have, the more momentum you're going to be able to create. The better and more powerful and positive your mindset, the more you're going to be motivated, the more movement you do. And just make it a little more than you're doing now. It doesn't have to be exponentially different, just a little bit more, the more your brain's going to be open to these new concepts and these new ideas about who you can be, what you can have, what you can do. And then learn how to manage. And there's as I said, learn. You have to have a willingness to practice these things. And it's the management of your emotions. Because what will happen is, remember how I said you're controlled earlier by your old story? It's the emotions that are controlling you. And if you'll pause and assess and ask, why am I staying stuck here? Like, why am I stuck in this place that I really don't want to be? And really get comfortable asking yourself that question. You'll get the answer. And then the next question is, what is something I need to do? What's one action I need to take that would move me out of this place and into a new place? And I don't even necessarily know that I'm going to love that new place initially because it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be different. It's going to make me feel, oh, this feels bizarre, but it's going to be worth it. And the more you step into that and the more you believe, right? Because what these five things will do is they will reinforce a belief in yourself that you can be, do, and have everything you desire. And you will move away from that metaphorical stake in the ground. And you'll actually start to have new experiences with different emotions, more powerful, positive emotions. And that's going to that's gonna facilitate the growth of that belief in yourself that you must have in order to achieve excellence in your life. And I firmly believe that every single one of you was born for excellence, but you have to stop settling for average if you want to get there. It doesn't matter how great you are. It doesn't matter how, how much you love your life. You can, you can get more out of it. You can do more, be more, have more. And like I said earlier, that allows you to, to be more for the world, to actually show up as a better version of yourself. And God knows we can all use that right now. What if we were all just showing up exponentially as a little bit better version of ourselves, a little bit better than we were yesterday? And that's the last thing I'll say is there's no competition out there. The only thing standing between you and everything you want is the belief that you can have it, the belief that you deserve it. And then once you have that belief, you'll start taking different actions and those different actions will facilitate different results. And then once you start to see those different results, you'll start to be more motivated. You'll start to love and, and cherish momentum. That mindset of yours will become so fortified with, with victory and winning and knowing that you deserve these things, that you'll want to move your body in order to create more of those. And the management of your emotions will become easier and easier and easier the more you practice it. So those five things, my friends, will begin the process for you 
And then you will stack upon those with a laundry list of other amazing opportunities that will come your way, but you got to start. Uh, you've got to make the decision because it all starts with the decision. If you'll make the decision today that this life is no longer serving me and I'm going to be the best version of myself for me and for everyone else around me, you'll make different decisions and everything will start to change exponentially for you. Guys, I appreciate you leaving leaving. I appreciate you listening to this podcast and not leaving. If you'd like more information on anything that I do, anything that I say, you can go to the thriveforeverfit.com website. All my stuff is there, my private coaching, my group coaching. We have a free Facebook group called the Wellness Lab Launchpad that I would love to have you join. If you're not already a member, just go to thriveforeverfit.com. You'll see a giant box on the homepage. You can click the button and we'll add you in immediately and you'll become part of the family. And I'd love to have you. I'd love to help you. And my wish is that you live your absolute most excellent life. I'll see you very soon. Be awesome to each other. Be awesome to yourself. Love you. Bye.